Hey, welcome everybody to episode 9 of Making Friends. Hello everyone, welcome. I hope that you enjoyed last week's episode, which was not even a Making Friends podcast. It was a Friends of the Show, Stephen Skinner's podcast. And that was with me in the hot seat. Um, if you enjoyed that, I do hope that you'll subscribe to his podcast, which is Friends of the Show. It was fun, Stephen. Thanks for that. Today we have Morgan Mayfield, who has become a very good and dear friend of mine in the past couple of months. Uh, and it was so fun to talk to her. She was at home somewhere in the boonies of Washington, uh, and she was wearing a cool banana shirt, and we talked about all kinds of stuff. I think you're going to like her. She's so funny and interesting, and it was just a pleasure to talk with her. And I hope that you enjoy hearing her as well as I did enjoy I didn't enjoy I didn't enjoy I liked talking to her, okay? Today's podcast is brought to you once again by Bagels. Bagels, the most perfect food in all of existence. Now, last week I gave you a bagel recipe for bagel pasta. Today, let's see what's in the recipe bin. What can we do today? What do you got for me? Bagels. Aha, bagel pizza. All right, let me start by saying I do not endorse bagel bites. You might ask why, and I'll tell you, not enough bagel. If you are a genuine bagel aficionado, this is a recipe for you. Here's what you do. Order a pizza from your favorite pizza place, and as you wait for it to arrive, toast up about two dozen bagels. When the pizza is delivered, tip the driver, of course, give him a few bagels, if you can spare any, and then rip that sucker out of the box, roll it up, and drip all that delicious pizza grease over each of your 24 bagels. Voila! Bagel pizza. Okay, uh, next week we'll see what our new bagel recipe is. Thanks again, Bagels. You are an exquisite sponsor for the Making Friends podcast. Here is Morgan Mayfield. Enjoy. Check out this thing I just figured out I could do with my nose. So when... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I was trying to call you, I guess, before you had it set up. So the phone ring is like, doo-doo-doo-doo-doop, boo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doop. So I figured I could move my nose to that same rhythm. Boo-doo-doo-doo-doop, boo-doo-doo-doo-doop, boo-doo-doo-doo-doop. That's a good discovery. Yeah. Cool. I love your banana shirt. Thank you. Um, I like it too, but then I always have Gwen Stefani's banana song stuck in my Ugh. head because I send, every time I wear it, I send a snap that says, this shirt is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so then that's in my head all day. Who was it? Uh, somebody said yesterday, this shit is Canada's. C-A-N-A-D-A-S. 
I, I missed that. It was probably our pal Marky Doodoo. That sounds possible. Yeah, I think it was him. <laughs> yeah, any um, anyway, any play on that is a good, it's a good thing. Yeah, if you can get the rhythm exactly right in a fun way, like I think right. Canada is a fun one. Yeah. Um, I heard my friend who was in a frat, their like hazing initiation was to sleep on the, I guess where they all sleep, their bunks or whatever. And they had that Gwen Stefani song on repeat for all the time that they slept. For the entire night? Yeah. Can you imagine? It's pretty intense. That's torture. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody so made I, it. I imagine... <laughs> people were going crazy there, there were casualties <laughs> not everybody made it out alive <laughs> that is too cruel I can't there there can't be any other hazing techniques after that like that is the piece de resistance you do that it's it's unethical to go any farther I think so too were you in a frat Mark what do you think <laughs> <laughs> I thought I didn't no, want to I don't have prejudge. A, I don't have the social skills to be in a frat. Yeah, to make I, that work. I couldn't be in a sorority either. I I'm the type of person who would join one and then hate it and drop out. Maybe would be. Well, that's cool because that's like a statement. Right, like <laughs> you want me to be part of your gang, but sorry, nope, ain't happening, ain't sisters. Happening. Um, yeah, and then they're forced to reckon with it. Like, if you yeah. just never paid them attention, they'd never know how shitty they were. Exactly. But then if you joined, they would be like, Morgan's here! <laughs> and then Morgan would be like, peace out, bitches. I think and they would be like, oh no, we suck. I think we're overhyping how much people appreciate having me around. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> my one of my best friends, she got kicked out of her sorority because, <sighs> get this, she was caught high at an ice cream store at an ice cream shop that disqualifies you from being in a sorority yeah apparently you're not supposed to be high if you're in a sorority so they were high at an ice cream shop like can you imagine a more innocent what kind of killjoy do you have to be <laughs> seriously to get mad at somebody for being high and eating ice cream was it a sorority of nuns what's going on <laughs> i don't know i don't know i've Good riddance, if you ask me. Probably. I, I'm sure there are decent sororities and fraternities out there. Yeah. I have no experience with them. I'm going solely on stereotype. But you know what? I'm fine with that. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck, fuck them for sure. Fuck them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you... Um, did, you went to college in Portland, is that right? Sort of. Sort of. Um, I went to college in Portland and then I stopped attending classes just because I was busy partying and oh that's cool uh, ah. sorry I lost my headphones here um yeah so then I stopped going which was a big disappointment and um then I went to community college a little bit later and I had calmed down a bit Oh, okay. How long did you make it? <laughs> how long did you make it through the university experience? Not long, not long at all. What are we talking? Um, days, weeks, months? I would say like I went for a couple months. So you don't even remember. 
I was. You were yeah, so I whacked mean, out of your gourd. I was. I it was not a good time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a full scholarship to a different university that I decided I didn't want to go to because I felt like it was like the cliche thing to do and I was too angsty and um you know misunderstood for something like that to do what all of my friends were doing so then I stayed in Portland to go to Portland State um but I was just I was busy doing other stuff (laughs) I I tried to go to class a few times after like not sleeping and missing class for a week and then I was like oh this sucks was it core classes like the classes for your major or was it like prerequisites you were not interested in um it was prerequisites but I was in the honors college so it was interesting I mean it was like it wasn't college's fault it was my fault (laughs) (laughs) i take full responsibility yeah you just needed to cut loose huh i guess so okay well i respect that how long did it take you before you ended up at community college when you got your act together presumably um so i kind of i let's see so i stopped going by like winter and then um that was upsetting to me so i tried to start getting my act together and i kind of got my act together and i went in spring to community college but then my dad um my dad died in like the middle of that or towards the end of that term oh my god and um so i just stopped going (laughs) again (laughs) Um, so I didn't have the best track record. Did you talk to somebody at the campus about it? You're like, bereavement time. I need, I need a moment. No. No, you just, you just, uh, took all your things and got out of there. Yeah. I just left. I got a call like during class that he was in the hospital and I never went back. Um, but I did go back in the fall and then I had my acts mostly together. So. (laughs) Okay. Uh, what do you have now? Do you have a full degree? No, I have degree? an associate's degree, which I almost feel like is more embarrassing than not having a degree. No offense what? to people who've gone to community college. I don't know. I just, it was like definitely looked at as like the loser option between my friends. And as somebody who was like accepted <laughs> with a full scholarship to like honor the honors program, it felt like underachieving but um it is what it is i don't i think underachieving would have been dropping out and never pursuing anything ever again yeah but you it sounds like you learned a little a lesson about yourself and then you were able to put yourself back on a track yeah that's commendable well thank you um fucking right <laughs> <laughs> and the reason i didn't i was going to keep going after my associates but I was working at a job that was paying me well and wasn't related to what I was going to school for so it felt um, stupid to like keep spending money on school and putting time into school when I made what I would make with a master's in the field I was interested in so 
Yeah. No, I, that is stupid. Yeah. I'm in debt. I've, I've been out of college <laughs> for almost 10 years. Right. I'm still paying it off. Yeah, everybody was talking about their student loan debts in a DM room the other day, and I was like, oh, man, sucks to be all of you guys. Because, I mean, I'm not working now anyway, so. So I'm sorry about your life choices. Sorry you Boy, didn't drop out of school like I did. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the smartest decision now. Now in 2017, that might be the clever, smart thing to do. Otherwise, you're going to be in debt for the rest of your life. Well, we'll see when I try to go back into the job market how I feel about it. Okay. Uh, I was talking to Ash, our friend Ash, earlier. Yes. Uh, and she said that you had a really cool job before um, before you, I guess, before you became a mom. I'm not really sure how far back it goes. But she said the last job you had, you were super into. Um, I was. I worked at, I worked at Nordstrom. Um and managed several departments and was the women's designer manager in my last role. And it was super cool to talk about like designer clothes all day. I mean, vapid, That's but really fun. <laughs> no, that's not vapid. I think that we, every day we engage in something that is just free expression, right? With our tweets or whatever, just yeah. talking to people. <laughs> we we care very much about expression and art and that kind of thing. So yeah. fashion definitely counts. Yeah. And it's like the designer stuff to me is cool because it's like actual pieces of art instead of just some mass produced stuff. Like everybody, a lot of people I think the misconception is that like you're paying a lot of money for a label, which in some ways is true but like if you're buying from a really reputable fashion house you're paying like a long line of the same family who lives in this village and specializes in like just making a certain kind of bead or whatever um yeah so you're sort of paying for the continuance of their yeah. ability to do that and to hone their craft right and you're paying people you're paying craftsmen living wages versus paying like some kids in a factory in or China. not paying some kids <laughs> in a factory <laughs> right right so the whole process and the detail and all of that is um cool and your customers are nicer like retail sucks everybody who works retail knows that um <laughs> or who works any customer service but um when you have wealthy customers they're generally pretty happy to be shopping <laughs> And they're surprisingly like nicer to you than stressed out customers who don't want to be spending money. Um, and yeah, they probably realize they need to treat you well in order for you to design something for them that they're going to enjoy. Right. And you get like to be, you get, there's not a lot of the customers, so you need to like really hang on to the ones that you have. So you get to have stronger relationships with them. Like I would put together Easter baskets for some of my best clients. Like, Oh, you're, cute. You're, yeah, your role is like more personal stylist than cashier. Um, what, did you ever give someone an Easter basket and they're like, um, I'm Jewish? <laughs> no, I, she would ask me to help her. I wasn't like, I wasn't pushing Easter baskets on people. I'm not like an <laughs> yeah. Easter basket like, peddler. No, you will accept, <laughs> you will accept my, uh, my flared blouse and also... <laughs> My Lord and Savior. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a I'm not an Easter pusher. 
okay. sending all my clients how welcome you, back Jesus cards. How did you get into that um, field? Um, Especially without without having a master's degree, like you were saying, you, well, how did you, you get don't, into it? Nordstrom promotes from within, so it's um, a nice policy when you're starting out in the company, but then it's like a it's like a trap. Like they know what they're doing because you go work there part-time in college and then they keep promoting you. Um, was it like a college internship or did you just go and work at the cash went. register? Yeah, I just went and worked and I think I started in active wear, which was ironic because I'm not very active. <laughs> <laughs> but hold on, I'm still interested because how, what, what were you doing in active wear? Because the, the only retail jobs I've had are like folding clothes. So I'm, I'm picturing you folding a hoodie in active wear. Or did you come in at the design level already? Well, so Nordstrom is, um, I didn't actually design. So when I say designer, I mean like the designer clothing. So the expensive oh, stuff. Okay. Um, my friend worked in activewear and she recommended me for the job. Um, and then Nordstrom is just a little bit, their approach is kind of different than some retail. Whereas like your job is never to just fold stuff and ring people up. They're very um, into teaching you how to sell. So um, if you're good at it, then they keep promoting you. Okay. And the, the more luxury items you sell, the more commission you get. Yes. And some people don't like okay. to do it. Like some people like to move more volume and they don't want to sell the expensive stuff. But I like expensive things, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, did you get to take home some of the cool stuff for yourself? Um, some of those luxury items? I won some contests where I got, so that's the only time. Sometimes vendors offer contests, and if you sell the most of something, then you get to choose an item. Nice. What did you choose? Um, a few things. I had this really awesome black blazer but it had like towards i it's not really a skirt because it's a jacket but the skirt part of it was all black ostrich feathers what? so it was like this insane <laughs> yeah ostrich feather blazer um and like isn't that a, what bjork wore sort no, of she wore, a, she wore a swan it's like a swan dress that was a little bit more over the top than this this was just like a black blazer with feathers on the bottom but it was pretty cool i thought that was a good one and i got like a this is a i did not plan to talk about this i didn't think we'd be talking <laughs> about like designers um but a cool silk donna karen dress and like a cool burberry bomber jacket but i've sold most of it since then I don't have any place in my life anymore for feather blazers. No, no more feather blazers. Mm -mm. So now you're a full-time mama. Yes, 24-7. Congrats, by the way, on little Miles' baby. Little Thank Miles. you. Yeah, I just made a new baby, so. And he's squishy and cute. He's so squishy and getting very big and chubby, but keeping the squish so um yeah he's good it's like in the beginning they sleep 20 hours a day so we're in that honeymoon phase right now that sounds nice so what is, what's he doing he's awake um, what are his hobbies 
he poops and he eats and that's literally it sometimes oh, he God. sometimes he <laughs> gazes at things <laughs> oh gazing is nice yeah takes it in yeah but like he can't no offense to him it's like normal but he can't smile yet really or like laugh oh. or interact except to to gaze How long? <laughs> i don't know anything <laughs> about babies how long does that take before they can smile like a month like by two months they're they will interact with you more a little bit like with their expressions um and then you have two other kids. Yeah. Are they cool with, with little Miles? They're Are they pals? They're super good with him. So I have a six-year-old boy and a three-year-old girl. Um, and the oldest, the boy, is he's so excited to be a big brother again. And he's really, really good and super sweet. Uh, <clears throat> and I think that the three-year-old would want to murder the baby, except for... <laughs> The the older brother, he sets the tone, so she, like, to fit in, pretends to like the baby. But, so I'm just, like, totally writing that out and lucking out there. <laughs> because if it wasn't for, like... So she would be like, I would kill this little guy, but it just looks like, I, I guess, the thing that we're doing is accepting him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's a psycho. Like, she's super cool, but she's really crazy. And fortunately, my oldest son is like a super chill co-parent who sets the tone in our household <laughs> for being <laughs> nice. a kind person. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad that he's there then to do yeah. that. That's an essential job in your household. <laughs> she, I mean, she has her sweet moments. I just think that I, I just feel lucky. I'm just um, appreciating. Now you've shared with you've shared uh, some of the things that she's done before, and she seems uh, she seems super sweet actually. Like she's she's done lots of really nice sweet things for you, but then it seems like she also has a potential because she's three years old to just yeah. turn on a dime. Yeah. And I guess she's still like experiencing what major emotions feel like. Yeah. So she's like. Okay, I feel wonderful and sweet and happy right now. What would it be like if I got really angry? <laughs> and she turns on that switch. She the pendulum swing is pretty severe with her. Um, so yeah, and I I don't know that I want to say like oh she'll grow out of it because she's three, but I think it's just I think it's kind of who she is. She's either really really sweet or very spirited, as they say. Spirited, Spirited yes. is what you say when you don't want to call a child an asshole. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I, I said spirited because I don't want to call a child that, but um, that is like the code word among parents. She's not in your house right now, right? She's with someone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, she's in a safe place. <laughs> yeah. She, <laughs> yeah. She was pissed that I left, too. She was very spirited uh, about my departure. Well, but. thanks for um, thanks for um, putting her with someone who can <laughs> hang out with her, so that you could chat with me. Yeah, my pleasure. She'll uh, have fun. So She'll be you... fine. Oh, good. It's important to have fun. Yeah. Is that is that your whole day so far? What'd you have for breakfast? I had yogurt. I'm and sure grain... Mason wants to know. Yeah, for Mason, I had yogurt. 
granola and blueberries, which I've had almost every day for the last two months. I'm kind of obsessed with, I'm really like really into blueberries. Right now. Is it the antioxidants? I believe you have a tweet about this. <laughs> it is the antioxidants, yeah. Um, I just love them when they're in season. I, I guess they're not really in season yet, but they're not bad at the grocery store. Yeah, but, I had watermelon this morning. You did? I was with Kara. Oh. Yeah, yeah, she gave me a slice of watermelon. And we we talked about how it's so much better when you slice it fresh and have it right in that moment. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise it gets all, like, crusty and dry yeah. and weird. Yeah. I just, every time that I have in-season fresh fruit, I feel so lucky to be alive. Like, it's such a different <laughs> experience than eating, like, when you try to buy fruit in the winter and it's not in-season and it's, I don't know what they do to it. But it's, <laughs> it's not good. It yeah, just ta it tastes so season. different. Right. So I'm just... I'm glad. I'm glad fruit exists. I'm super into it. I'm into fruit too. I just had a fruit smoothie before I called you. Oh, did you make it yourself? Of course I did. I make them all the time. I don't, and I'm so jealous of people who are not too lazy to make smoothies. I don't have, I would buy them, but we don't have, in my whole town, there's not a smoothie place. They're so expensive to buy. Yeah. Like, I, I dated someone who had a Vitamix. And oh, nice. That, like, I got into it and it was like, I couldn't believe, not only was it super easy to make a smoothie, but it was fun as hell. Because you just <laughs> put whatever you want into a Vitamix and turn it on. And, like, if you put a tree trunk into a Vitamix, <laughs> it would turn it into liquid. It's so powerful. Okay, so I have a tweet that's like, do people who spend $600 on Vitamixes know about blenders? Like, no, blenders what, suck. What's the difference? What is a Vitamix doing that a blender is not? It's just super strong? A Vitamix is like a jet, whereas a blender <laughs> is like a moped. <laughs> oh. It's that, that difference in strength. Okay. I just, like, what are you putting into your smoothie that requires jet power? Also, you can get, I have a knockoff now, so I got a knockoff Vitamix for like $200, which is still an investment, but right. I knew, like if you think about buying a smoothie every day from, yeah. a, from a smoothie shop, those are like $7 minimum, so that adds up pretty quick. I'm oh, sure yeah. someone can do, I'm sure math is possible to do for this. Don't, uh, no. But yeah, <laughs> I, for me, it's totally worth it. Man, people must be thrilled listening to this. <laughs> <I'm sure It's> <laughs> everyone is wide awake right now. Smoothie talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bananas, and then like I can just throw a whole batch of kale in there if I want. You don't wow. have to destem it. It takes care of all of that. What happens to the stem? It goes in your smoothie. Yeah, it turns into a smoothie. Hmm. Okay. Well, good for you. I guess. Sometimes I put a cucumber in there just to watch it die. Really? Cucumber? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm like It's a wood chipper for fruit. I have a vegetables. newfound respect for you that you're like so so into smoothie smoothie life. Smoothie life right here. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It makes me feel good. Um, do you drink coffee? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I do. Why? 
What kind of coffee do you like? <laughs> How do you take it? Um, I have coffee with like a spoonful of sugar and cream. I sugar want cream. so badly to be like the type of badass who drinks black coffee. I feel like that's so cool when girls are like, yeah, I just, I just take my coffee black. I take a black coffee. Ash takes no, her coffee. You have to get the right coffee to do that. This is again Mason's specialty. I'm sure she could tell us exactly. No, and Ash too. No, it's Ashley definitely could tell us Ash's, what kind of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. This is Ash, Ashley's Ash, specialty. If a uh, adult mom finds out that you said somebody knows more about coffee than her, <laughs> there will be hell to pay. <laughs> Okay, Morgan, let's, uh, this, this deep coffee talk is doing wonders to nourish my soul. Okay. But, um, let's talk about you a little bit more. Okay. So, I want to know everything, because you're such an interesting and funny person. Oh my god. You don't, you don't really tweet that often, but you're in the DMs (laughs) a lot, and you are slaying it in the DMs. I I have, like, a million screenshots of all the funny things that you said, It just, I don't know. Does this pour out of your fingertips? Does it also come out of your mouth in real life? Or is this like a like a special talent that nobody knows about? Um, I'm going to be honest. As a stay-at-home mom, <laughs> I'm pretty mm-hmm. isolated. So I don't, I don't even like know what I am like around people anymore. That sounds alarming, I know, but it's true. <laughs> because if you go to like, the only social interaction I get is like mom playdates. And, I mean, you hear the kind of stuff that I say in DM rooms, and it's probably not appropriate for, like, sitting around with the kids drinking tea. Yeah. Um, Are they wholesome moms that you hang out with, or are they, like, moms with an edge? No, they're not very edgy here. Um, I live in a really small town, too, so it's, um, I'm pretty filtered in real life. Um, but I think that I, I think I used to be, <laughs> I think I used to be known for saying outrageous things frequently. Um, Back when you were dropping out of college. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but no, now it's pretty secret. It's only, only the people in the DM rooms know and the people who read my occasional tweets. Well, God bless us. We're the lucky ones. <laughs> I'm glad you feel that way about it. It's important, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I've made so many friends through Twitter itself, especially since they opened up with the DMs and the messages. Yes. And, like, I I have a couple of real-life friends, but nobody that I'm, like, that close to. Right. And it seems like here I've found my people. And, yeah. like, I'm much more open to express myself the way that I feel I truly am. Yes. And I think, like, one of the... It was so shocking for me. I feel like the stereotype of, like, people who are online a lot is, like, you know, a creep playing video games in their mom's basement or whatever. Um, So it has been, like, the biggest breath of fresh air to find people who I have so much in common with. Like, we all have similar senses of humor. I feel like the people I've met online are, like, incredibly intelligent. They are. Yeah, like, so smart and... Like, there's people who are really successful and who have, like, full lives. Like, it's not just sad, lonely moms like me. (laughs) 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 But really, like, fascinating people. And we all share, I think, 
when writing is you're more comfortable like I'm more comfortable in written communication yeah than anything else and I feel like that's something a lot of us share and it affects our actual like daily functioning (laughs) to different lengths um but just kind of that like underlying I don't want to say social anxiety but like nervousness with the world and just more comfort um talking through writing yeah I definitely feel all those things that you're saying yeah I think in in like face-to-face conversations with people I like I get overwhelmed a little bit yeah like with eye contact and with uh what a person smells like and sounds (laughs) like and you know proximity and how close am I to this person yeah like touch and that kind of stuff Uh, and like I can manage all of that that's fine but I think with writing the biggest thing is that even in like a like a dm message group the biggest thing is like I have an extra three quarters of a second to think through my thought which makes a huge difference whereas in like face-to-face conversation like maybe that thought wouldn't occur to me until it's slightly too late to bring it out totally and I feel like even I like there's when you're when you enjoy writing, there's sort of, you function as like a, an outsider on social interaction in some way. Like this doesn't apply across the board, but I think for a lot of people it does, where you're an observer yeah. in interactions. Um, and it's, it gives people a lot of perspective. So it's cool to get to know people who have that kind of outsider's perspective too. But yeah, I'm not as good at social interactions. And I hate, I'm really bad with like small talk, which is surprising since we just talked about smoothies for an hour. But, <laughs> like, I think I it was would, two hours. <laughs> I'd way rather have like real, r- real or inappropriate conversations than like polite conversations with oh, totally. people at school pickup. Like in Curb Your Enthusiasm, when Larry David's at the dinner party, and he immediately goes for, I forget exactly what he asks, I think something about, like, how, how is the sex between two, a couple, and the guy was like, that's really rude to ask, and he's like, what? I'm it, elevating, we're, it, we're not small, we're doing medium talk, or something yeah. like that, you know. Or he's always, uh, yeah, like, the, the wanting to avoid the stopping chats. <laughs> That is like, oh my god, I hate a stop and chat. And I live in a small town, so like, you can't go to the grocery store or go anywhere without seeing somebody you know. Yeah. Um, so there's so many stop and chats, so I just don't leave the house very much. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your trick for a stop and chat? Since you've experienced so many, you must have a little trick up your sleeve. To just keep having kids, because... <laughs> <laughs> Because kids are like a nightmare and they'll be like, there's, there'll be one like pulling at my arm. I'll be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I can't, I have to go. I can't stop and chat. Okay. Um, All right. So you have a a physical entity actually pulling you away from it. Totally. And the same, like at parties, I'm like, oh, I got to go with my kids. And then we just go pet dogs the whole time. And that's like my shtick. So (laughs) that's the best reason to have kids I've heard so far. To alleviate social anxiety. You can leave early, you can arrive late, you can not go. It's Mm -hmm. uh, super convenient. Yeah, they don't even have to be there. You can just be like, I'm sorry, my kid's sick. Can't make it. Totally. My kid's being spirited today. I can't go. 
<laughs> I love that euphemism. We're gonna we're gonna make note of that. Uh, so okay, so you told us what you were like in college and what you're like now. I was curious. Like I was thinking, I was talking with some people, and we kind of determined that middle school is a pretty big indicator. It's like a really formative time in a person's yes. life. And it's like, whatever you do, you can't help but being awkward. This might have been in a group that we shared. I it feel like have been I, an online chat. I said this, yeah. This was yours? <laughs> what, were, what were you like in middle school? Um, what was little Morgzy like? <sighs> I was too, I was like too mature in middle school. I don't, I was like, uh, my best, my next door neighbor was 16 and she had an older brother. So I was like 13 trying to hang out with way too old kids. Um, so I was getting into trouble. I was a troubled, I was a troubled youth, but I was also very responsible. Surprisingly, I know that sounds like they wouldn't go together. I was getting into trouble, but I was never getting caught or... Um, ah. <laughs> or suffering negative consequences, I guess. Oh, by the way, if uh, if you need to attend to your baby at any point, that's oh. no problem. We'll Thank pause. you. He's sleeping right now. So he's ch he's chilling. He's good. Okay. I thought I heard some goo goos. That it's he's is he's doing a little bit of gooing, but he's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, like, if that comes up, just whatever. We'll just pause it at that point. Cool, thanks. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, you were getting into trouble, but you were, like, smart enough to know how to handle it in a way that at least it wouldn't come back to you. It wouldn't yeah. be on your shoulders. Yeah. I was also, like, very nerdy and, like, I think I got my first... I mean, I wasn't nerdy. I was still cool. But um, I was, like, very focused in school. Okay. What were your favorite books when you were growing up? Mmm, growing up. In, I was reading like Malcolm X and Howard Zinn and like... Um, what? <laughs> At 11? <laughs> yeah, like uh, I was pretty, I was feeling pretty political in eighth grade. And I was reading... Um, like 1984, I think I read in eighth grade and <clears throat> nonfiction stuff. And then I read um, one book that I've I've been thinking about rereading it because I don't remember it very well. But it's called My Name Is Asher Lev, and it was a really good book. I would recommend it. It's about like a a very like orthodox Jewish boy who wants to become an artist, but then he does all of these like. Um, kind of, uh, I don't know, like blasphemous works of art <laughs> and has to deal with the fallout from his community and like becoming an artist and reconciling that with his religion. And it was interesting. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I had a really, I had an amazing seventh and eighth grade teacher, same teacher, and she gave the book to me. So I think that's why I remember it. That sounds, I'm going to look that up when we're done talking. It's a really good book. Have you ever read Nathan Englander? No. He's uh, he's an author. I only read a bunch of short stories from him, but he was sort of, he was, um, his characters were all Orthodox Jewish people. And oh. it was like, I, I live in New York and I see them a lot. 
Yeah. And uh, it's just like, it seems like an insulated place, although it's New York, so I'm sure you have all kinds of diverse influences. Right. But um, it's sort of like, I, I put them in a box, and I'm like, okay, those are one kind of people. But then when I read the stories that included them as characters, then they sort of like, in my mind, like, I allowed them finally, like, I my, um, my stupid stereotype sort of um, <laughs> faded away. And they became more and more real in my mind, just like full human beings. Yeah, exactly. Which I should have should have known from the start, but I don't know. It's like you walk by somebody on the street, you're not gonna probably not gonna take the time to imagine their entire life. (laughs) Fair, I mean, in New York, that would take your walking down the street would take a lot of time if you were (laughs) (laughs) trying to fully appreciate the humanity in every every person walking by. What um, other what other nerdy interests did you have? Hmm. You described yourself as nerdy, so what made you that way? Um, I, uh, nerdy's the wrong word. I was, I did, I liked to read a lot, um, and I liked to chat on AOL with. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, AIM Messenger. Yeah. Um, so those were the nerdy things about me. But then I was also really like focused on strategically becoming popular which is nerdy now but at the time I thought was important um how'd you do that I like targeted I like targeted people to befriend like like rungs on a ladder it was kind of shitty based on social status yeah yeah um Morgan I did that too (laughs) and I deeply regret it did it work for it you? It didn't work. Oh. The, 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 the cool kids didn't accept me, even though oh, I tried to force myself into their lives. A... And then I lost real friends in the oh, process. I'm sorry. It worked Hopefully. for me. So. It did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But no, it's so junior high so lame because everybody is. cares about being cool so much. Maybe not everybody. Maybe there's some really cool junior high kids who don't even care, but I cared. I don't know. They probably just don't want you to think that they care, but I think most people care at that age. Probably. It's a tough age. I think that's what I was saying is like, if you don't have, you have to have awkward years. Like, I think it starts when your teeth start growing in and they're like too big (laughs) for your face. And the size of your head is when you start to develop your personality. (laughs) Yeah. And then the longer it takes you to, like, enter puberty, the more time you have to develop a personality. Like, like if you're you're awkward from, like, 6 to 16, you're going to be so cool as an adult. But if you are, like, the hot girl in 6th grade, you're just going to suck forever. I think it's kind of the defense mechanisms that you acquire during this awkward stage that make you who you are. Yeah. Like, because if you're hot and popular at 12 years old and you don't have, (laughs) you know, you don't have a whole lot of struggle ahead of you. Right. Then, then your personality is probably going to be kind of flat as you, you because you you continue to to grow older. You don't have to try hard in school. You don't have to like think of interesting things to talk about. You don't have to be funny. So... Too bad for you, hot kids. Yeah, enjoy your moment while it lasts. <laughs> it is fleeting, kids. 
We're going to play this on the intercom of the local high school tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, I think Mindy Kaling, in her one of her books, she says um, that she feels sorry for people who peak in high school. Like, that's the worst. That does not bode well for the rest of your life if you're like, high school was the best time of my life. Yeah, I think Bruce Springsteen wrote a song about that. Well, I'm, I'm a not down with the patriarchy so i'm gonna quote the female version of that obviously i'm just kidding bruce springsteen is fine i don't care he can say it too i think a lot of people no no now i have to know what is the female version (laughs) well because i said i was quoting mindy kaling and you said well bruce springsteen and I was only making connections. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't trying to upstream you with the patriarchy. I'm kidding. I just had to stick to my (laughs) on-brand angry feminist persona at some point in the podcast. I'm glad you did. Thank you. (laughs) And now let's put it behind us forever. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I do have to bring something up. When I was talking with Allie and we heard this, this podcast has aired, the Allie podcast. Yes. I was reluctant to give equal time to uterus oh. as much time as I was giving to penis. <laughs> so <gasps> we were throwing these words around. Yes. And I need to apologize publicly for this because it was wrong of me. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we should allow for safe space for all words, especially yeah. if we're using penis a bunch of times. Throw in uh, a couple of uteruses. That's fine with me. I appreciate that. I also like that you're equating... The uterus with the penis, like those parts would be the most, they'd line up the best. (laughs) (laughs) These Um, are the words that came up. I'm only going with the words that were actually uttered. Fair. I won't, I won't push, I won't push it then. We don't need to, we don't need to go into like all of anatomy to do it. I think, well, no, what is your apples to apples comparison of the penis? I'm going to be honest, like I'm way more hesitant to talk about vaginas on a podcast than I would be in a DM room. Like, it's kind of my thing in the DM room. Um, but I don't even really want to talk about it right now. All right, I'm going to erase this bullet <laughs> point then for my questions. <laughs> Wait, you have a... Oh, like I was going to ask you wrote? about all of your tweets that use the C word. Cunt? No, 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 the other one. Clit? Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, I just feel like it's important to tweet about. I feel like <laughs> I feel like there should be more normalcy around tweeting it. There so. should be. It, it's also it's so funny. Did your earbuds come out? No, they're still in. Okay, I heard an echo. Okay, yeah, it's still funny though. It's shocking still to see that word, which I well, think lends it um, humor when you use it in an unorthodox situation. For instance, when you call something stimulating your emotional clit. <laughs> People hate those tweets so much. They're so I unpopular. Them. I love them too, and I feel like the more unpopular they are, the more important it is that I keep tweeting about clits. <laughs> You're doing your service. Totally. You're doing it. Um, okay, what what was the... Uh, here's a here's a terrible question from the patriarchy. What was the worst hairstyle you've ever had? Oh, okay. Um, junior high, I had like the... I don't know if you'll be familiar with this because you're a dude, but um, 
we used to take like a big curling iron and curl our bangs so that they looked like a big cylinder. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did that. I curled my wispy bangs way too much. Um, and I wore white eyeliner. So that was bad. That was what really do you do bad. with the rest of your hair? Do you put it in a ponytail? Uh, sometimes. I think it was usually just down. So it wasn't like, I didn't have like a perm or anything like really disastrous, but it didn't look good. I had a bunch of bowl cuts. You did? I yeah, guess yeah, I yeah. did when I was and... little. Like how long did you have them for? I don't know. My mom cut my hair most of my life growing uh, up. So uh, she would uh, sometimes do it like that. I guess like she would do it that's uh, why your ways that were slightly cooler. so good. <laughs> No. <laughs> it is. Thanks, Mom, for my awesome personality and all the bowl cuts. Well, yes, that's true. I should thank my mom for that. <laughs> um, okay. What's this? This is a tattoo. I didn't see that before. Oh. That's, was that a um, treble clef? It, it is a bass clef. Bass clef. Yeah. Um, my dad played the stand-up bass. He was a dad, mu or a dad, a jazz musician. There you go. <laughs> Would he spin it? Yeah. I oh love yeah. when they spin it. Oh yeah. yeah. That's so cool. He'd do all the all the showstoppers. I love to watch the stand-up bassists in jazz bands um, because they almost always mouth every single note that they play. I don't know why that particular quirk stands out with only the bassists. Oh, but they do. Yeah. Like every plunk that they do, they're also making the same motion with their mouth as if they're feeling it and expressing it, it through their voice. It's a very, it's like a very physical instrument. Like you really, like your whole body has to be like in tune with it. So it kind of makes sense that it would escape out of your mouth a little bit. <laughs> have you played it? <laughs> oh, no, no. I have, I do not play any instruments. I wish I did. I what know. would you choose? Guitar? Um, trumpet. <laughs> trumpet. Um, I would love to just, I'd love to be able to play the piano and I'm always threatening yeah. to bring a piano into the home and force it on my children <laughs> and also learn. I will um, bring a piano into this home. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to be able to play the piano. And then I feel like if you know how to play the piano, you are familiar enough with music that you can kind of pick up other instruments potentially i think you're right yeah so it, sometime yeah, before i die that's on the to-do list i hope you learn it thank you i hope so too i really do i'd love for my kids to know how so yeah you could have your kids learn it and then they could teach you yeah because they'd probably pick it up much faster than you with their nimble what are you developing minds <laughs> yeah no for sure i think that's not a personal slight come on well, I'm, I'll take anything personally, so watch it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I won't take it personally. You're right. They have good good minds for language, which I, my mind isn't good for much anymore. But, <laughs> my mind's good for clit tweets, and that's about it. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you. I don't know if you can help answer this, but because you're a mother, maybe okay. you see it a little bit more. Okay. I was thinking yesterday that um like 
I was wondering, like, where do things like talent come from and, like, mm. almost, like, innate type of skills? Yeah. Because there there will be, like, little kids that can that can just sit down at a piano and after right. only a little bit of practice, they can, like, play things by ear and they've picked up on technique. And, like, another kid could do the same, could, like, sit down next to them and there's no chance. But then maybe yeah. that kid would pick up... Um, could do like aerobics or something like I don't know but <laughs> not, it's not like everybody has a talent <laughs> but it's just it's so weird that kids are it seems like it's almost something that's innate or you're born with and you just have to find your correct outlet but that doesn't make sense with everything else like intelligence is basically developed over time it seems I don't know how that works but do you I... see anything like do your kids have any talents that you're like where did that come from um sort of like okay so here's the big thing that I take my son well not anymore he's in kindergarten but he went to a cooperative preschool so um as a parent you have to volunteer and work at the preschool like every two weeks okay um and you do like there's a monthly parent meeting where we talk about like what our what issues our kids are having and it's very like educational and it's a really cool program and you get to know all the kids really well and the biggest thing I learned was like wow there are no dumb kids like <laughs> <laughs> kids are so brilliant especially like before society beats it out of them like yeah. what's that Einstein quote before about, they get like, to middle school yeah like if you teach a fish to climb oh, the, the, the tree yeah. yeah he'll grow up as he'll grow up thinking he's stupid or whatever and that's just so true like they all I think kids just have their own interests and the more that you can nourish whatever that is the better chance they have at showcasing a talent and my son he's like very and he's very into language like he really early knew all of his alphabet letters and whereas like my daughter's she's smart in other ways but like just not interested like he was mm -hmm. like he was obsessed obsessive about it um and now that's like i feel like that translates to math and like because math's kind of a language in itself like anything where you use symbols like i think that he would be really good True. at music at learning music if i oh yeah if he has a an ability to understand symbols and internalize yeah. them right um Whereas, like, my daughter is super talented at screaming. So... <laughs> she could be, like, a punk band singer or a hardcore yeah. singer. Yeah. Um, no, but she's, like, very good at... Um, she loves... And this sounds kind of like it is gender-based, but super into, like, taking care of things. Like, she's very... If somebody's hurt, she, like, sprints to go get them an ice pack. Like, that's her oh, really? thing. Is, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they just have different interests. Whereas, like, it's not that my son's, like, a nice kid, but if somebody's hurt, he's like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Like, if somebody's <laughs> yeah. crying, he's not going to go up and be like, there, there, are you okay? Like, that's just not in his wheelhouse. Do you so, yeah, see I, any anything in them, any of their interests that are completely foreign to you and your um, husband or their father? Mm -hmm. They're just like, why is that there? I don't know anybody in my history who has ever done that before. Fortunately, not really. My son is like, he's kind of a weirdo, but very much in the same ways that I am, which makes me really grateful because if he wasn't, like, 
if he if he was placed in a different family I think they'd be like what is wrong with this kid whereas I'm like oh I remember that that's (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you sympathize yeah um so no not yet I actually say a lot that I have so much respect for people who adopt um because you don't know what you're going to deal with whereas when when you give half of your DNA to something like yeah it's it's still hard but your chances are pretty high that you're going to understand some of the weird behavior true does it um does it help you to forgive things in yourself that maybe you had been holding against yourself about your personality for a while if to, to to see it in someone else and sort of like understand how to deal with it does that help you with your own I think it definitely having kids in general like it gives you a compassion for yourself hmm. um and for yourself as a child um I just, like I see with him like <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's going to be so hard for you. (laughs) It's hard to know, like, oh, you're like, I'm trying to speak in, like, specifics so it's not totally vague. But just to know that he will experience some of the same struggles. Like, I feel like he definitely has sort of an outsider mentality. Like, he's not somebody, he's just, like, not, like, rough like other kids, and which I wasn't either. I was, like, too civil like I was annoyed that it would take us a long time to get in line properly because it made us late for the library like I remember being so annoyed by kids when I was a kid and he has that too to some extent and um I feel for him that he um has to have that outside experience so okay yeah, it just yeah. makes me feel sorry for him that he's like me. <laughs> no, I'm sure I'm sure you can both find ways to use that to your advantage. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask you a couple more questions, and then we're going to get to the questions from our friends. Cool. So um, you're, you're a good writer. This is oh, clear. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if you have, like, longer form writing. I didn't see any. Um, but I was wondering, like, what are your aspirations as a writer? Are, oh. are you happy just to throw a few jokes out every once in a while? Or do you have other ambitions there? I would love to write more. So I used to have, like, a, I got, I used to have a mom blog, which I say with an eye roll, um, only because I feel like that's so saturated. Um, and I don't, I, I stopped doing it because I just didn't feel like I had anything, um, worth contributing, like that hasn't been said. So I, um, I don't know, like even like my tweets about kids, I just feel like it's so, it's like low hanging fruit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I don't, and even if that's the case, I think repetition is important for yeah. um, for other people to see and to be like, okay, this is normal. I've I've been seeing it here and there. So the thing that I'm feeling that I thought I was alone in, I'm not. I'm definitely yeah. not alone. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And so I think I have to either, like, I have to get over my hangups because I feel like if I wanted to write the really natural thing for me to do would be, like, to submit work to mom blogs 
Um, so I don't know, I think about it all the time and always think that maybe I will get on that. Um, but then I'm lazy. Too busy, too busy talking about clits in DM rooms. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, if there are any mom blogs listening that would love to have Morgan's work, please reach out to her. I don't you know if be this better is the best. for her contributions. I don't know if I've done the best advertisement for myself so far, but thanks. Um, thanks, Mark. Okay, my next question okay. is, what, what are some of your favorite comedians? And this could be people in real life or on Twitter. And also, oh. what are your, some of your favorite Twitter personalities that you might want to point us toward that you consider, like, not just your friends, but your influences? Okay, this is the part that I'm the most nervous for because I love so many people on Twitter and there's no way that I could, like, say... Yeah, I almost feel like it might be better people. not to list any of your friends yeah. here. Just but other know, people who inspire you. But I know the only reason people are going to listen to this is to hear their own name. <laughs> I We're going to get to their own question work. soon, though. They'll get to hear that. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, all right, so people who, comedians I enjoy or who inspire me. Yeah. Um, or I guess writers, hard. because you write. Writers. So whatever um, creatively inspires you. You know what? This is kind of dorky, but as a kid, I read, like as a like grade schooler, I read a lot of Dave Barry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, would you in the newspaper yeah and, and he, then he would have he does books like, too. yeah books that are mostly just like collections of his newspaper articles so i read him a lot so i feel like maybe that like that's pretty dorky i don't i haven't heard anybody reference him in 20 years but my dad loved him my and, mom uh, loved him my dad would read an article in the paper from him and hand it to me and be like mark you got to read this this guy is such a card <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> um, but who else do I love? I real I I like Sarah Silverman. Like not all the time because sometimes she's a lot, but I like her a lot. Um, and let's see. On Twitter, I'm trying to think of people who maybe aren't my friends who I really admire. Anyway, um, there's so many people. Whoa, I can't. Can we like come back to it? We can come back. Yeah. Okay. Or I think you've already said enough. That's yeah. Fine. I've said plenty. <laughs> you've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You ready to answer some questions in from friends? Heck yeah. All right. Let's get to it. So here come. <coughs> here comes a cough. Mm. So. All right, we got a bunch of questions from our friends online. When I posted a tweet saying I'm going to talk to you, I asked for questions. Uh, most of them are not serious, so I'm going to read some to you. You can take them as seriously or as comically as you want. Okay. All right, number one, this comes from Tom Sauce, who is at Trojan Sauce. We both know him. He's been on the podcast. He is a pill. Um, <laughs> he asked three questions. <laughs> number one says... Is the house in your Twitter handle, so your Twitter handle is at house underscore feminist. He says, is a house in your Twitter handle house from the TV show house? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's you, Lori. I feel, like, I feel like I want my Twitter handle to be open to interpretation, so whatever it means to people, it, okay, I want to let it mean that. If that's what you want it to be, Tom, that's what it is for you. <laughs> 
All right, number two, I don't understand this one. So it's the fuck, marry, kill game. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know who these characters are. The first character is Jim, G-E-M. Yeah. The next character is Dave the Laugh. Yeah. And the last character is Peter Dyer. And then okay. it says all as adults. Okay, so I've recently watched this movie, and it's um, from the UK, and it's maybe from, like, 2006, and it is a teen romantic comedy, like, very much geared towards probably 13-year-old girls. Um, And these are all characters from that movie. So Jem is the the architect... (laughs) <laughs> or not architect, he's the builder guy who's, like, remodeling. I can't explain the movie. Okay, so nobody's going to get this part, so I'll just do it fast. I would marry Jem, who's actually gay, but very handy around the house. I would... <laughs> I would kill Dave the Laugh, and I would fuck Peter Dyer, because he's um, a notorious ladies' man. So. Okay, I'm going to take your word for it on this. I have nothing to contribute here. Uh, hopefully Tom is satisfied with that. He asks a third question. He says, would you rather give up milkshakes or never watch Lord of the Rings again? And I said, I can't ask that question. It's unethical. It is. And he said, alternative question, why is McGark such a bitch? Oh, no. He's stirring it up, Morgan. Okay, well, I'm going to answer the first question. I would, I could never not have a milkshake again. So I would keep milkshakes. And I've seen Lord of the Rings so many times that I feel like it's transcribed on my <laughs> soul. Um, and I could close my eyes and just think about the movie while I drink my sweet, sweet milkshake. Good answer. So that way, this, the follow-up question, we can just scratch that out. It doesn't have to exist. You don't want to answer why am I such a bitch? Well, I don't think you are. Um, You're not Tom? But you kind of are to Tom. What's the deal with your animosity? I don't have to explain myself about Tom. Oh, okay. I think that's clear. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it is a legitimate question. Next question comes from our friend Roman, who is infinity plus one or at stuck in a portal. He's so great. So he says Q1. He he makes it Q. He would. Uh, Q1, why is eggnog so gross? Fuck you, Roman. It's not. (laughs) Q2, if you could rewrite history, what invention would you want to be known as the inventor of? Mm, Twitter. Imagine (gasps) if I was the inventor of Twitter. Like Jack. Yeah. Okay, uh, next one is from Mason with a pin. She says, Morg, hypothetically, what is the best way for a gal to get you to fall in love with her? Asking for a friend who is not me, but really needs to know. Okay, honestly, it's to be Mason, who is, like, gorgeous and hilarious and smart and, like, full of depth and eats complete healthy breakfasts every day. (laughs) Um, So to be like Mason. Flawless answer. Yeah. Okay, um, and then there's a follow-up under here from Your New Dad, who is at G. <laughs> Thaler. So same question, but for a hypothetical male. Um, again, B. Mason. B. Mason. And Ghost Mom, Radtoria, says, just to be clear, they're both asking for me. Please love me. 
Oh, I do. I love her so much. She's so mm-hmm. fabulous too. She was a she was a person who um, propelled me out of obscurity on Twitter. Oh, really? She was yeah. somebody who got that's so cool. She, she would. She did. She retweeted some of my things, and they got seen for the very first time. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Toria. Victoria. Okay, next one is from Ash, who is adult mom, who we've already brought up. She says, one, what's a talent you have that you don't often get to brag about? Mm. I love Ash so much. She's like my best, one of my best friends in the world, just FYI. Um, I, I'm a pretty good dancer, I have to say. And um, I, it doesn't, I don't do much dancing in my daily life at all. So I don't get a brag about it, but but if you find me in the club, you'll you'll know. <laughs> Number two, would you seriously consider having a sister wife? If yes, can it be me? Um, yes and yes. Like I'm so so behind the idea of sister wives. Like it's so it just hard. makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Like to have takes a, a village, people. Yeah, you can have, have a sister. Yeah, to, like, have somebody to, like, laugh and fold laundry with, that's all I want as a (laughs) stay-at-home mom. It'd be so great, and Ashley would be my first choice. Marky Doodoo wants to know, what is egg? Well, in um, 2011, I wrote my first tweet about an egg long before um, Upside Down Trash did. So... That's what egg is. Ooh, that Will, could be controversial. Because that's thinks, his brand. Yeah, he thinks it is, but he didn't invent eggs. Will, if you'd like to dispute that, you're welcome to come on my podcast. <laughs> okay, next one comes from Allie, who I should mention her handle right now is Sarcasm Allie. She's, she's another one of my best friends in the world, and I love she's her. Fantastic. So, Oh my gosh. Everybody knows that because she's on the podcast, but... Man, what a what a good egg. Her, uh, she has a preternaturally serene personality. I would yeah, say. totally. Um, she says, "Do you have any weird fears or phobias? And if yes. not, what would you say is an interesting quirk of yours?" Okay, so I have a weird thing about friction on my palms. What? Like when people are cold and they rub their hands together to get warm, that makes me want to vomit like it gives me the heebie-jeebies and I hate it so much and even like if I were to drag my palm down like the couch or like I wouldn't even put lotion on until I was like 13 because I don't like rubbing on my palms and same with the soles of my feet it's a weird tactile thing this is the first I've heard of anyone having this I've never heard anybody else have it and um people really they do not like they are not respectful <laughs> of not doing it, and uh, it's very problematic for me. But you know, I'm I'm a survivor, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Nate Chartier one. He wants to know why do you not like my pinned tweet? Oh, Nate. That's like. It's a horrible tweet, Nate. It's, it's not so... something that we need to see. We don't even want to talk about it, isn't it? It's like a guy doing an Eeyore. Is that 
Yeah, well, it's a guy holding an Eeyore and doing a fleshlight. Okay, so, yeah. I want to make it clear, Nate is very fun and funny and charming and cute and sweet, and we love Nate. But his pinned tweet does not represent who he is to no, us. No, he's a nice boy who tries to push people away with yucky pictures from the internet. Let us love you, Nate. Please let us love you and delete that tweet. <laughs> okay, uh, Mike Bigby, do you know him? You know, I saw this question... Um, and I, I listen to his podcast and I follow him, but you'll find he does not follow me back. So I was surprised he asked me a question. What? Yeah. That's not, I'm not even going to read his question then. And it's like a, like, it's a pretty complex question. Like, I feel like he's trying to come at me with this question. Um, I'm not going to give it the light of day. Okay. Until Sorry. he follows you. Thank you. Mike, you know what you have to do. Do your duty. <laughs> okay, Kyle Patrick at Kyrie 5, who is oh, also a wonderful. Such a He love. says, hi friends, I have two cues for the lovely Morgan. Number one, I miss your beta fish. Oh, me too. So I had... question. Okay. <laughs> Can I talk about Spidey Fishy, though? Yeah. I, ha I got my son a beta fish last summer, and I felt like a freakishly like like I really loved him and I worried about him all the time and I tweeted about him a lot but then I got pregnant and I couldn't take care of him very well and he got sick and died oh. um and it was pretty traumatic so that's that story Spidey Fishy R.I.P. That was his name Spidey Fishy? Yeah after Spider-Man <laughs> I didn't I didn't name him but he was blue and red so okay Okay, so Kyle, that makes two of you. Both you and Morgan missed the fish. Yeah. And number two, what's one of the most meaningful compliments you've ever received? God, there's so many compliments to choose from. <laughs> um, I'm just angry. That's the opposite of my um, life. <laughs> stop. <laughs> um, I think a couple of my close friends have told me... Um, that I'm very strong and I think that the compliments of things that you don't you don't feel can be very meaningful so um are we talking physical strength no, emotional strength like emotionally strong even though I am stronger than you might expect physically um but yeah I think when when uh being recognized for some sort of internal strength is a very nice compliment Good for you, Morgan. Um, I'm sure it's true. You've displayed that for for me many times. Okay, next comes from Avery at a burger a day. Okay, Avery says, "How long was the longest? Ugh, how long was the longest bath you've taken?" Sorry, I couldn't <laughs> spit it out. I do. I really like baths, and I stay in them for a really long time. I I'm gonna say like I've I've hung out in there like an hour and a half, maybe an hour and forty minutes before. Oh my god! What happens to your skin when you hang in the bath for an hour and a half? It gets a little a little wrinkly, but oh, pruny. Yeah, it's all right. And uh, I guess you've talked to him about some sort of special Instagram you're going to start based on eating hamburgers in the bathtub. Is that true? Well, okay, I have a tweet that's just a picture of me eating a giant hamburger in the <laughs> bathtub. Um, and it was pretty, it was kind of popular. So um, 
I'm going to see if I can uncover that and post that. (laughs) We joked that I should start a whole Instagram of me just eating, like, big, beefy sandwiches and burgers in the bathtub (laughs) and do, like, a different one. Um, Beefy is a favorite adjective of yours, I've noticed. It is. Yeah, because you always talk about having a beefy son. Yeah. I mean, that has a story behind it, but, yeah, I've integrated beefy into my vocabulary now. Um... But yeah, I would love to do that Instagram. You're not, I had a, I had a C-section to have my baby and I'm not allowed to take baths for a while or be like submerged in water. So it's really affecting my lifestyle and my potential Instagram. So that's that okay. answer. When do you get to take a bath again? Um, I think in like three weeks. Oh, that's so long. I've been showering. Good thing but... you're strong. Good thing I have so much internal strength. (laughs) Yeah, you have the fortitude to get through this period with no baths. (laughs) Okay, Adam, Adam Droud, Adam Browd, he wants to know, how do you eat your fries? Oh, um, I like them with ketchup or fry sauce, I guess. I prefer steak fries if that's part of the question. Like, the bigger the fry, the better. Hold on. Wait a second. Wait a second. Whoa, uh uh-oh. Did you use the term fry sauce? Yeah. What? (laughs) Do you not have like fry sauce in? What is fry sauce? I don't know. It's like what any sauce that they serve with fries, I guess. (laughs) Okay. It's a general term. It's not a specific sauce. Well, I'm think so. I think that the sauce I'm thinking of, and this is probably going to cause a stir, but I think that it has mayonnaise in it, probably. Dare you? Blended with like something else. I don't know. I just no, dip sure my fries good. in fatty sauce, and that's that. Would you wouldn't eat them with mayonnaise alone? No, God, no. no. no I'm not okay. a monster. <laughs> Here's another one from Radtoria. Uh, Morgan, how are you so pretty? Does it involve blood sacrifice? Oh my and God. what is your favorite amusement park ride? And what song do you sing the most? Hmm. This is like a breathless question from her. Um, okay. I The first one, I can't even. That's so silly. Um, I'm going to skip over that one. Thank you. And I hate amusement park rides. I, I get really... I'm very afraid of... I guess this is a phobia, too, of going fast. I don't like anything fast. Um, so I guess... My favorite thing at the amusement park is like the stand where you can buy beer. <laughs> and <laughs> um, what was the last one? What song do you sing the most? Mm, I sing to myself, never in front of anybody, um, Extraordinary Machine by Fiona Apple. Oh, wow. That's a complicated song, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's my jam. It's your jam. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how it goes. Hello? You still here? Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, two more questions and we're out. Okay. So this this one is from at Matt Mixie one uh, He says, two questions. One, you are known for your dark, cold heart. <laughs> what brings that heart true joy? Mm. Um, I like that he's recognizing how, how dead inside I am. I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, you know, I really get overcome with joy, um, at 
dance performances and parades with music or dancing. Like I openly weep and I can't help it. It's just like a visceral reaction to people being happy and dancing. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, and number two, what are your favorite things about me at Matt Mixie one? What do you like about him? Um, I think my favorite thing about Matt is that he's like a super fun person to just tell to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's like super funny and very smart and um, easy to talk to and also fun to just give a hard time to. So. Yeah, I was going to shut that question down, but I, I think we need to give him a little validation. He's a good guy. Yeah. He deserves he deserves a shout out shout out. I, I think there's a screenshot of me saying thank you Matt, also fuck you Matt, which is sums up <laughs> Perfect dealing with Matt. That's everything you need to know about how to deal with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the last question comes from Rob C, who is at the Rob C. He says, Morgan, what was the context for this and why would I have screenshot it? And what <laughs> no. we have is a picture of a screenshot where it's you uh, and out of context, it says, my butt is a method actor. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that we were talking about somebody who is a method actor. And I felt it was necessary to bring my butt into it. But I, don't underst I don't understand what the problem is, <laughs> Rob. Does your butt do a <laughs> meticulous study of roles? And <laughs> Go and study people who, who live the life that it's going to emulate? Um, undercover it does. Yeah, okay, I don't know. folks. I, that's it? Keep your butts undercover. <laughs> um, thank you for oh, having me on your podcast, because I love your yeah, podcast. Yeah, totally. It was a blast to talk to you. Um, yeah, sorry, talk, sorry for that whole like beginning smoothie thing. Oh, that was um, mine. I, I was the one talking about it. Are you apologizing for what I said? Hey, everybody, I'm, like, super sorry for how boring Mark was in the beginning. It had nothing to do with my vivacious personality. Thank you. Somebody needs to apologize for how boring I am. No, it's really good, and I, I hope that... I just, I just hope you save us with a good intro. There's nothing to save. This was a fun one. Cool. Um, okay, so, Morgan, we're going to say we are friends. Are you ready okay. for that? Okay. I was born ready for this. All right. Three, two, one. We, we are, are friends. friends. We are. We're friends. <laughs> okay. Nice talking to you. Bye. Bye.